Special Agent H. Justin Pierce, personal notes. Thursday, January 8, 2009, 0556, LaGuardia Airport, New York. New York, New York, what a toddling town. A town so nice, they named it twice. Yeah, it's been a pretty spectacular 24 hours in the Big Apple. Certainly was a bit of a change from New Orleans. For one thing, I was freezing my nuts off. For another, no one jumped out of the shadows to try and cut them off. Which is a good thing. The op center here was not compromised. And we, the Magnificent Seven, or so I'm calling us, yours truly, Chief, Frosty, Wilmot, Travis, for I am resurrected Matthews, Odin, and Olive from Selorka. We all sat down and did something resembling our day jobs. Yeah, actual honest-to-God investigative work, looking for one Django Jones. Or rather, looking for the Solano fragments, a copy of which was last seen on Mr. Jones's shopping list. The fragments, which Brooks needs to convince the high priest of Carcosa that we mean business. So, after some discussion, we decided going straight against Stephen Alzies and fate. Although apparently Matthews is alive because of a deal he made with Alzies, there is still a price to pay. That price is never named, of course, just an anomalous favor in the future. I kind of spooked Chief and Wilmot and gave them flights of fancy about reneging on any deal. I reminisced about the little encounters I'd had with Steve in Cairo and in L.A. When you owe Stephen Alzies, you pay up. Which is all the more reason not to owe him in the first place. Now, Olive is one hell of a hacker. We assume that Jones might be enjoying the corporate hospitality that only Lomax and Thibodeau Industries can provide. So we focused on three apartments, which they own, which were very suspicious. No outgoing phone calls. At all. One was just a show apartment. The other two were being registered as being inhabited by a Bowman family, and the other by a Chin family. As good a spot as any to hole up, I guess. Especially since the Bowmans are living in Miami, and the Chins are out of the country. Somewhere in Chinaland, one presumes. And yet someone picks up the phone in one apartment and calls back from the other. So we got our caffeinated beverages to go, and to drink, cups to piss it out in, and inconspicuous cars. Our first drive-by showed that we were dealing with professional stakeout dodgers. Steel plates behind the windows to defeat laser mics and IR scopes. We had reason to suspect that Mr. Jones has enlisted the services of a Jamaican gang under the nominal control of one Winston Wallace, also known as Big Winston, operating out of a bar called Tiki's. So we split up. Odin, Chief, and myself on one team, Wilmot, Frost, and Matthews on the other each keeping an eye on one building. We got lucky, kind of, as some of the pirates of the Caribbean left our building. Chief distracted the porter at the back end, and Odin and I managed to slip in and break into the apartment, and, based on our observations regarding the smell of ganja, empty pizza boxes, and empty beer bottles, all indicators that a group of bored men had established residence here. So we planted several bugs to listen in on them. Wilmot and team also got lucky, and they got unlucky when they tried to follow the guys and lost them. 
Still, it wasn't bad for a day's work. We met back at the op center, and after vigorous democratic debate, we decided that we had little to gain by trying to forcibly grab Django, especially since he enjoyed the protection of Big Winston's yardies and we were here on unofficial business. Olive suggested that he might be persuaded to pull a boy Tesh, that is, get out of town. It kind of made sense when she said it. Django, supposedly a servant of Dagon, an associate of Papa Screech. And of course, he's black. None of the above qualified him for high regard in the eyes of Confederate wannabe rednecks like DuPont. Yeah, chances are he might want a deal. Especially if the alternative was to go to Alzi's, who no doubt has the wherewithal to apprehend Mr. Jones and do very nasty things to him. The only problem was right now, our only connection to Mr. Jones was through Mr. Winston Wallace. So we argued, <laughs> well, we always do, on the approach, and we decided on the brazen balls-to-the-walls big-mouth approach. You know, that's my kind of diplomacy, you could say. So Winston is obviously not scared of the FBI. If he fucks with the FBI, he just becomes the target of a murder investigation. Now, chances are he probably also knows about Delta Green. If he fucks with Delta Green, he becomes the subject of a murder investigation. Now, he definitely knows about Alzis and the fate. If he fucks with them, he becomes a smear on the wall, if he's lucky. And as it happens, we can claim acquaintance with Alzis and the fate. Matthews even had props for us, a matchbox from Club Apocalypse. So we decided to go in in three teams. Odin and Matthews on the apartment, we had not bugged yet, Chief and Wilmot as backup, and Frost and myself to go in for a little parlay. Me, because, well, I am a big mouth smartass who can do extraordinary self-confidence really well, and Frost because he's a twitchy bastard who's liable to fly off the handle at the slightest provocation, and who now refuses to be separated from his magic shotgun. But, you know, that's another story. If worse came to worse, and that would be bad indeed, Chief and Wilmot would have to come in guns blazing. So the funny thing is, the funny thing is, it worked. It fucking worked. We marched in, menaced a gang of Yardies on their home turf, and walked out. Admittedly, we were ten grand lighter, but with a phone call from Django Jones and our cell phones. He was amenable. He was also scared shitless. But what mattered was that he believed that we would set Alzis on him. And he was more scared of him than of DuPont, Steno, Lomax, Yellow King, or anybody else. We managed to track him down. He was on Big Winston's yacht, on its way out to open sea. Which uh, makes all sense in the world. It's where a priest of Dagon would go to hide, isn't it? We let him go because he delivered for us. Indirectly, of course. We got a connecting call from Nolens and Romano Farina on the other side. Mr. Jones's people had gotten in touch with his people and had provided us with some valuable data. A customs warehouse in Miami and a parcel number for the Solano Fragments. Is it just me, or is this starting to look like the CSI franchise in time reversal? You know, New York, 
Now Miami? It'd be funny if our next stop was Las Vegas.